And we're back with Lobby Concessionals, the movie podcast where nobody's right and everybody's wrong. That's Brandon. I'm Parker. Uh, like and subscribe. Follow us along on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, other podcast things. The library. Uh Denny's. Damn, we're at the library? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It feels like, Denny's. We're, feels like we're everywhere. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, tell us about, tell your dog about us. You know, yeah, that yeah. guy probably has some contact. <laughs> um, we need the views. Yeah. <laughs> um, today we're going to be doing a new segment we're calling Under the Influence, uh, where we're kind of taking the career we're looking at an artist and we're like we do a career retrospective um a little bit of that uh but we're not just going to do delve straight into that and look just at their career uh in particular we're going to look at it through the lens of our uh journey with them or one of our journeys with that individual um because frankly if you want to find a career retrospective on someone Anybody. that yeah that makes movies you'll there's a, there's better options out there um so, uh, Brendan, I think we're going to start off with you. Yeah. Uh, who were you? Who did you have in mind? Uh, this is a bit of, a, I guess, a lot of people who who might know me a little bit more intimately would would understand. But for people who kind of don't, uh, would be a bit of a surprise. But it would be Kevin Smith. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, you just said the word intimate, and so I don't know how <laughs> intimate we are. Um, but I would think. I wouldn't be too off base saying that I know you a little bit more in- intimately and I am shook <laughs> that you would pick Kevin Smith. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I think uh, knowing me in, in the way that you do and, and the way that people might have seen me through the podcast, I, I'm a little, I'm a little bit of a pretentious dick. <laughs> I wasn't going to say <laughs> yeah. it. Um, or I can be right. Like in terms of my movie likes and, and dislikes and all that stuff. So, uh, to to single out Kevin Smith as a huge influence on my movie journey is probably a little surprising to the people who didn't uh, take that journey with me during the height of his career. Yeah, it, it's it's a unique choice for sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's the first thing that's worth breaking down is uh, why Kevin Smith. So, like vaguely, you don't need to. <laughs> no, no, we'll we'll, we'll do it. Uh, we've got the time, I think. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I have. We talked about earlier about our love of movies, and I have I have loved movies uh, when I discovered Kevin Smith. I, I sorry, I, you loved them before? You... Yeah, before. Like I, oh, okay. I, Star Wars, all that stuff. Like I loved movies uh, before I found Kevin Smith. Okay, uh, but Kevin Smith was the first one to make me think that I could make movies. <laughs> uh, is that a good thing? Uh... <laughs> And here's the thing, like, uh, and and that's that's it's a it's a layered thing. It it was you know, Clerks came out in '94. I discovered Clerks in I want to say '96, '97. Okay. Uh, and uh, number one, it's it's made uh with three credit cards, three maxed out credit cards. Right. And it's got characters that are just sitting around talking about comic books and Star Wars and movies. Yeah. Uh, and in my mind, I had never seen that before. Uh, I had never seen. I'd never seen a movie that directly spoke to me. You know, like it's one thing to be taken away to a far off land and have adventures and all that stuff. But sure. to, to see two dudes working a dead end job uh, talking about uh, Star Wars was uh, mind blowing to 14, 13 year old me. 
So is like, is this like a representation thing where you you hadn't seen uh, the you know Star Wars nerd that or, or yeah. a nerd yeah. portrayed on screen They're, outside of like Revenge of the Nerds? <laughs> yeah, know, and like, even like Revenge of the Nerds is like a pocket protectors and calculators. Yeah, and it's that what I mean. kind of nerd. stereotype. Uh, so right? yeah, so the comic book uh, sci-fi nerd, which wasn't a thing, wasn't a thing in the in the mid '90s, and if it was a thing, it wasn't it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't cool like it is now. Sure. Uh, so to for a guy to find success writing about what he knew and for me to be able to relate to those characters and to be like, yo, I can make that for less than $10,000? Uh, I would I would almost I'd almost want to say he's the reason I went to film school. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Um so the reason I asked if is is that a good thing is that on some level wouldn't you like I don't know. I, I think it's probably a better story to have been inspired by someone like, like Tarantino was the same time, yep. um, or uh, Martin Scorsese or Spielberg, sure. right? Like, but the, the the but the subject matter, right? It, it's Tarantino was still writing about uh, hitmen and uh, drug deals. Scorsese was still we're talking the height of Casino and and Goodfellas. Uh, Spielberg was writing about aliens and dinosaurs. I don't know all that about any stuff, but sure. I can talk about two dudes talking about Spider Man. <laughs> like, yeah, so, but I, I guess wouldn't the concern be that the market's already cornered? <laughs> you know, like I, I as a thirteen year old, I don't know that I was thinking about the market. Fair enough. Fair and the, enough. and 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 to be fair, it was just like I found I felt like he was uh, he had gained such popularity in such a target market that you could make a living just catering to a small group, and you didn't need okay. to make. You didn't need to make a hundred million dollar movie and make five hundred million dollars in box office receipts. You can make a ten thousand dollar movie, make one million dollars, and continue to make movies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. So, um, so what's your what like? What first? What was your first Kevin Smith movie? Clerks. It was, it was it's Clerks. absolute Clerks. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so you watched that a few years after it's released. Uh, three years or two, two to three years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so what? What comes after that? Like, is, is this something where you watch Clerks, you fall in love, and then you immediately seek out anything Kevin Smith has put out, or how does that look? It's uh, so a lot of this, a lot of this episode, we're going to talk about non-movie stuff because he he does a deep dive into all of my things. Uh, okay, so I find Clerks, and uh, I find Clerks just as Mallrats is being released. Okay, so Mallrats is ninety five. So you would have only been a year. Oh, maybe a little bit then. after then. Okay, so next one is Chasing Amy in ninety seven. Yeah, so. I, I just started collecting comics, and Mallrats uh, was on the back of every comic book of that year. <laughs> on the, every comic, they had a they had a three D uh, they had a Magic Eye puzzle. Oh sure, <laughs> on every on the back of every comic. So now it's it's everywhere. So I I, I I find Clerks, I get to watch Clerks, and then Mallrats happens pretty quickly after, and maybe I catch it a year or later or whatnot. Sure. I don't remember. It, it wasn't in theaters. Is when I didn't, I, oh, I didn't okay. watch it in theaters. But Mallrats even leans even heavier into the, my interest because it is, it is about a comic book nerd uh, trying to win back uh, his girlfriend, uh, and it is pop culture heavy, and it's all these things that I love, uh, and I've never seen that before. So between between Clerks and Mallrats, and he then becomes a massive star in the comic book world because he's the only one doing it. Doing it in film. Doing it in film. So right. he's mentioning all the stuff. So he starts to do Clerks comics and Jay and Silent Bob comics uh, to begin with. So it, it was easy to start following everything that he was doing. 
Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, uh, to be honest, I don't know in the entire context of this, but I believe Kevin Smith has actually apologized for Mallrats. Um, there's a ton of stuff like, and the, and it's and we'll we'll end up talking about it later. But there, Kevin Smith is a guy who unapologetically writes and directs films that he knows of content matter that he knows. Okay. Uh, and Mallrats specifically, there's been a couple of, th- and there's other things in other movies, but Mallrats specifically is because he, uh, and maybe you're talking about a different thing, but specifically, he gives full credit to the creation of Marvel Universe to Stanley. Oh, okay. Uh, to Stanley and a whole bunch of people, uh, comic book artists and stuff. He had a huge falling out with Alex Ross because Alex Ross is like, uh, Jack Kirby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, they don't mention him at all. In the movie and all that stuff, so it was very broad strokes in terms of the. And I get it's early days of nerd culture, sure, uh, and stuff like that. So he just and Stanley's in the movie. Well, and in fairness to Kevin Smith, um, and now granted, he is a comic book lover and a comic book fan, so he should probably know better. Mm-hmm. But Stanley has been, um, he has marketed his name extremely, extremely well, um, uh, and so it isn't exactly a surprise that his name is associated with Marvel comics in the way that it is, yeah. regardless of whether uh, of, of his actual level of creative impact, you know, it has been fairly well documented that um, Stanley's creative output was nowhere near uh, or creative impact, I guess was nowhere near the likes of Jack Kirby or Steve Ditko. Yeah. Um, and that, he didn't create Marvel comics in the same way that people think he did. Yeah. Uh, or, and especially he didn't create those characters. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, it has been well documented, but, but is that, is that a past in the 20 years thing? Or is that like, did he have a, should he have known differently at the time? I guess. I don't question. know. I guess it's tough. Cause again, Stanley, that was, uh, the height of, 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 People starting to kind of understand or like putting Stanley in. That's the set. I think that's his first Stanley cameo officially. Right. And they have him talking about the Ben Grimm's dick. Okay. <laughs> you know, so like even, as you do. Oh, uh, uh, so once again, it's just you take something you know and you take something you know, which is comics and dick and fart jokes. Yeah. And then you put Stanley in there. So they, they, a lot of people were like, not only did you not give mention to Kirby or Ditko, but now we're talking. We're we're. We're not even talking about comics in a in a positive light. Yeah. So there was a, a thing there, and maybe he should know better, but I, I don't know. And so, um, does this like I I don't know I I think that in some ways watching Stan Lee talk about Ben Grimm's dick is kind of strange, <laughs> and in 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 some ways disrespectful almost to some of those characters, right? Like there's a little bit of that for sure. Right? I, did that ever bother you as a comic book fan? I didn't know better. Yeah, well, and, and you were 15. And that's the right? thing, right? And and so much of this conversation is going to be like, I didn't know better. Sure. And I was 15. And it, and it becomes increasingly clear as we move through my journey with Kevin Smith that one of us evolves and one of us doesn't. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great point. That's yeah. a great summary. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Okay. So then what next? So I think it's it's Clerks. It's Mallrats, and then it's Chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. And Chasing yeah. Amy is a huge one. And and honestly, this is a lot of this is where I become a massive Ben Affleck guy. Mm. I think Ben Affleck's great at most of these films, and he's particularly good in Chasing Amy. Yep. Uh, but again, it's it's comic books, and the uh, and uh, but it's I look back and I think about it, and when I watch these movies again, I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> yeah. So much of it is pretty, is, is, I hate the word cringy, but it is. You know, the, the first opening couple scenes are at a comic book convention and it's, it's pretty lowbrow stuff. The the opening scenes of Chasing Amy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty lowbrow stuff. And I, you know, I, being, a, I had a friend in high school and that stuff was infinitely quotable. Infinitely, oh, sure. The, the, you know, the Black Rage stuff. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't know how that, it doesn't, I don't, I don't look on it. I don't look back on it very fondly. Uh, I, I still think it's his best movie. Yeah, that's a fairly popular <laughs> yeah. um, opinion. But it's still like uh, you go back and you it's a guy writing about uh, what is at that point. Like she's, a, she's just a lesbian. Yeah. And, you know. Well. The, and that's the problem, right? <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a straight white dude writes about a lesbian. And the only thing that the only thing she was really looking for was a dude. That's a t- that's yeah. That's and like, a bad message, man. <laughs> so I I had a, a bit of an argument about this because I think that um, I, I don't know if the if the conversation around sexual identity was nuanced enough at the nope. time to really know what nope. bisexuals were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially with the people Kevin Smith ran with. Like yeah. I think that's part of my issue with with some of Chasing Amy is that it doesn't seem to me that he's research the topic either you no. know it doesn't look like he's really gone in depth and talked to people that actually know about this yeah it looks like he just went well this is the my experience i talked to some buddies <laughs> let's write it down yeah. you know um <coughs> and uh so that's a little tough um I, but then again i don't think there's a lot of films that are doing um that are approaching sexual identity in the way that jason amy does at the time Right, like it's not like there's um, uh, competition in this field. So in some ways, chasing Amy at the time, given it comes out in '97, yeah, um, is uh, you don't want to use the word like trailblazing or groundbreaking, but, yeah. but a little groundbreaking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Where where they definitely start doing things, and they're um, they're talking about things that aren't really being discussed. Am I wrong? No. Uh, yeah. You know, if you sit and really, really think about it, and at the time, you know, again, you're 15. So if there is stuff in that space, it's stuff I'm not seeing. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. And I don't know what that means for a 14, 15 year old at the time to go out and look for sex positive movies or or gender roles and things of that nature. Yeah. The stuff's just not there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's um, like I, I rewatch it recently. And uh, and there's definitely still some of that cringy stuff there. Like I, I would describe um, I, uh, on some level, the movie is cringy to me because I also at one point in my life was a 20 year old with hormones and no clue. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of how some, a lot of that seems uh, is that there is characters in that that don't seem to have a clue. And I'm like, I'm not clear if they're trying to lean into that, that um that Holden doesn't have a clue and that he thinks he does. Yeah. So he's played as sort of this cocky dick. Yeah. Maybe not a dick, but like a bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a little pretentious. Um, and uh, But the point is supposed to be that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, so there's a little bit of cringe there. And there's definitely some things that are haven't aged uh, especially well. There's some uh, homophobic slurs. Yeah. Um, that are chucked around fairly easily. Yeah. Um, uh, but outside of that, assuming we are looking at it as by the end of the film, Holden is in the wrong. 
Yeah. Like the, the big confrontation he has. Um, as long as we are looking at it as Holden is wrong in that situation yeah. and he is being crazy, I I don't think it's aged terribly well. Or sorry, I, I don't think it's aged horribly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think if we are looking at it and Holden is supposed to be smart, there's a problem. And, right? it's, like, and, and the thing is, it's, it's still up for debate. That's the problem with the movie, right? Is like it, it doesn't really give you a sense that he's right or wrong. It kind of leaves it up to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I have some issues with that for sure. And it's also kind of strange to me that um, the the film's thesis is effectively just given by Kevin Smith staring at the camera. Like, he's not literally staring <laughs> at the camera, but that's yeah, basically what happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're still stoked about Kevin Smith at this time? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So Chasing Amy happens in 97. Uh, I think, I again, I, I don't see that in theaters because I think his a lot of his stuff is so limited run. So sure. in the theater, out of theater. So I discovered Chasing Amy via VHS again a year later. And at that point, he uh, is hired by Marvel to do comics. Okay. And he, uh, he relaunches Daredevil and arguably puts Daredevil back in an upper echelon of Marvel characters uh, okay. in terms of quality and whatnot. So he comes in in 1999 and writes a Daredevil run that I still think holds up for the most part. There's some, there's again, there's stuff there. Uh, but now he's making movies I love. He's writing comic books I love. Uh, you know, uh, he's not, he, in my eyes, he's not doing, he can do no wrong. Okay. And so Dogma comes out in 1999 and I just think it's the greatest thing ever. I think it's, like smart and blah blah blah. I don't know. I'm 16 years old. Yeah. And the guy's like anti-church and whatever like that. And I was I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Uh, so that's probably the height of my my love affair with Kevin Smith. Right. Yeah. Um, Dogma's an interesting thing. Like I I also I I really enjoy Dogma. It's yeah, one yeah, of yeah. my favorite Kevin Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. We haven't actually hit my favorite one yet, but <laughs> I, I've got a bit of a a weird choice. So um uh, but I really like Dogma. I do think there's, I think, and I think this is true for a lot of Kevin Smith stuff. It lacks nuance that he thinks is there. Yeah, like that's how I would look at it. And and you, I think, already hit the nail on the head with one of us grew up, the other one didn't. Yeah. Um, because it definitely does a lot of his stuff in Dogma in particular feels like a you know twenty year old's take on organized religion. Yeah. As opposed to you know a little bit more of a nuanced opinion. There was great points in there. There was Absolutely. some very good specific things to be ripped out and gone yep yeah like this is biting criticism but at the end of the day it's still a movie filled with dick jokes you know like rubber poop monster yeah like it's it's not the the, again the nuance isn't there yeah um and it doesn't take itself seriously enough for frankly most of his films don't take themselves seriously enough for them to be discussing the serious topics they are discussing yeah you know and i think chasing amy was his attempt at that yep and even then, like I, when I think of Chasing Amy, and when I, at the height of my love of Chasing Amy, I just think about the jokes. I don't think about the actual serious topic at hand. Well, but interestingly, like it's still one of his most critically. Yeah. Uh, I think it's his most well received film critically. Yeah. Um, so I don't understand why he doesn't. If he's yeah, if that's his attempt. Lean into it more, man. Like people liked it. Yeah. I and uh, so much of it, like when you when I hear interviews with him or when he does his his talk show circuit and all that stuff he's so self-deprecating and he just he he feels like he he knows the upper levels of what he's capable of 
and never just wants to just do it. Like he just wants to settle into what he's known for. Yeah. You know, so once he gets to chasing Amy and Dogma and the, it's just like a general slide back down to his comfort level, uh, which is probably why he loses me or starts to lose me pretty quick. Yeah. So the next thing we have is Jay and Silent Bob. That's the one. Back. That's the and one. And so what <laughs> happens there from uh, your point of view? That's my, that's the, so Dogma I see in theaters. Jay and Silent Bob was the one where I was genuinely excited for. Okay. You know, it, it's, I, I think I like, I, Again, a lot of I think I like those characters. Uh, I think they're I think they're funny. Uh, and then I get into the theaters and I'm just, oh no, like a, we hit a wall. Uh, they those two don't need their own movie. Yeah, those two uh, probably shouldn't have their own movie. And none of it's not funny. Uh, I'm starting to like I, the the pop culture stuff isn't isn't working on me anymore. Uh, and I, and I have a, and I, and I watched it twice. The first time I talked myself into liking it. Sure. Watch it a second. I'm like, oh no, it's over. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was a, that was a pretty big revelation. And that's a, that's a, that's a relatively small t- window of time to absolutely fall in love and then fall out of love with a thing, right? Like we're talking maybe between 96 and 2001. Yeah. So, so a five year five window years. of him being, uh, a pop culture icon, the pop culture icon in my eyes to just absolutely not. Well, and so even if, like, even we're extending this out, Clerks comes out in 94. So it's seven years at best. At, at most. Um, and, and you, but you'd think in seven years that he'd grow a little bit. You know, like, we're ma- he's making the same jokes. <laughs> yeah, I later. mean, but it's, I think for him, it's tough, you know, like, I, it's one thing to sit there and be, uh, I'm 15 and, uh, a dick joke in 94 is going to be a much different dick joke for me in 2001. Sure. But he's already a grown-ass man in 94 making that movie, right? That, I don't know that there's much evolution to be had if you're already fully grown and you uh, continue to surround yourself with the people that you know, like you grew up with. Yeah, Jason yeah, Jason yeah. Hughes, Walter Flanagan, like all those guys are your friends already. So you keep making movies with these guys. So there's no really branching out or learning or evolving or anything like that. Sure. Um, do you actually know how old he was? Because I don't, and that's... I think he was in his early, his mid-20s. Mid-20s when Clerks comes out? Yeah. So, like, I am already a different person from my mid-20s. It's yeah. only been a few years, sure. but I would say there's been growth there. Now, granted... But did you find success about... Did you find success at your mid-20s? Not in the way that he has. Yeah. Um, uh, or he did. Um, and I think that might be the difference, is that he... It, experienced lots of success in in at least you know as as people that are actively putting out a series of videos on youtube right now um that are (laughs) achieving as far as the actual measures of success go zero success yeah (laughs) um uh like we're clearly not being exposed to that so if, if these suddenly became extremely popular i could see myself kind of leaning into whatever the first video was that got us extremely popular. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I understand that a little bit, I guess. And and I think that it probably has some aspect of it. But it is a little disheartening to see that a creative yeah. doesn't evolve. Grow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I have a lot of that stuff with, I think, uh, I think my uh, I, I have issues with like Tim Burton. I think Tim Burton has the same issues. Oh, sure. You know, uh, so it's not, it's not, this is not a specifically a Kevin Smith problem. 
Zack Snyder's saying the same. He's been doing the same thing for bring him up. for twenty years. You know, <laughs> and like he clearly enjoys doing that. Yeah, and there's a market the for it too. Yeah, absolutely. There, he yeah. has a following for doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So again, all the power to him. Uh. And and in the same way, all the power to Kevin Smith. Yeah. Like, yeah. People are seeing your movies, man. You go nuts. Like yeah. you're on top of the world. Live it. Yeah. Um. But you know, I, I, as a I think part of the problem is is that people became fans of Kevin Smith because it seemed like he had uh, something to say. Um, and then it becomes clear that maybe he doesn't. Or it's <laughs> he already said everything he has to say, and now he's going to keep saying it. Yeah. Or he's he's kind of like us in the sense where we have something to say but don't know how to say it in terms of like oh, sure. talking in circles and, and, and whatnot. Because I think, I think his strengths are still dialogue. Uh, easily in terms of his his movies and what he's good at. It's not direction. It's not obviously cinematography or choreography or any of that stuff. It's dialogue. A dude can write a, a monologue. Yeah. Uh, but so often the 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 journey to get to that monologue where he stares at the screen and hand holds your hand through the message uh, isn't good enough. Isn't or isn't worth enough worth the journey to 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 sit through it and 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 get there. Um. And, it, and that becomes increasingly clear as we move along in this career, too. Well, and, you know, like, it, it's interesting because I think that Kevin Smith only becomes successful because he's the first one to start talking about nerd culture in a movie. Yeah. Um, but really, at the end of the day, I kind of just look at him and I, I see Neil Gaiman with le- like uh, a less intelligent Neil Gaiman uh, with no nuance. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like... I. I Neil is started as a comic book writer um, and, you know, wrote lots of comic books <laughs> uh, and then wrote other books and yeah. has ne- he's never he's never directed films. Sure. Um, so they are different people, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think that guy has something to say and has been consistently saying it, um, but in a way that grows and develops as he goes along. Um, I, I'm curious, did he ever cross your sphere at any point? Like Neil Gaiman? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Read, read the comics, read his books. Uh, I've seen him speak live. Uh, I think he's great. And I, and, I, and I don't, and it just feels like as a writer for him, maybe there is more to, to say. And I don't know that with Kevin Smith, does he just like to make movies about that? Like, does he just like to make movies and does it have to have a message? And I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know that for sure. But, uh, you know, when I think of, when I, as it's happening at the beginning of it, and he's the pop culture nerd guy, and he's becoming that. When I go back and look at it, they're still really, really bad stereotypes. You know, uh, uh, um, Jason Lee's character in Mallrats is an insufferable comic book fan. Yeah. Just insufferable. Uh, and it's just a guy that I would not want to hang out with. But that's the guy that, that's the guy that represented me. Yeah, and at the time, so you kind of just latch on, and I think Jason Lee's a great actor, and I think those characters are great. Um, but it's bad. It's a. It's not a great look. It, it definitely, <laughs> it, as someone that that is like Kevin Smith is involved in comic book culture in in that life, he doesn't try and grow that uh, group of people either. He really does, like you said, lean into some of those stereotypes. Yeah. You know, um, comic book fans have historically uh, been fairly. Um, uh, they have excluded women in for years and years and years. Um, and it's not like Kevin Smith actively tries to make that community more inclusive. If anything, he just leans into some of the stereotypes, right? Yeah. Like, 
That's hard. I mean, he actually does some damage. Like he later on uh, in the early two thousands, he Marvel contract uh, after he does uh, he does Daredevil for nine issues. Uh, DC gets him to do a Run of Green Arrow. He you know, oh man, he did such a good job getting that weird C list character back. So we're gonna get him to relaunch Green Arrow and give him the same treatment, which he does. Yeah. So Marvel comes back is like, we want you to write Spider Man. Uh, and so he signs on to do a Spider Man and a Black Cat miniseries. Okay. Uh, and in six issues, he has her raped twice. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, one is an attempted, like the uh, I think it's uh, it's so bad, it's so bad. Uh, one of the powers a guy can move things from one place to the other. So she he like moves drugs into her body. Oh my god! And then uh, there's a there's an a, an assumed rape thing. Uh, they say that it, it's not, it didn't happen. And then the last issue is revealed that her old college boyfriend had raped her and she didn't, <laughs> she didn't report it because she didn't want to be another statistic. Wow. Yeah. That's not helping at all. <laughs> like that, that is, you know, and so it's a guy who's, it's a guy who's reaching and, and, and maybe writing out of his wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh and and just not knowing any better at all. Hmm. So do you come back to Kevin Smith? Like you've watched Jay and Silent Bob. Do you continue watching Kevin Smith films after this? Uh, the next one is Jersey Girl in two thousand four. I watched Jersey Girl because I, I watched it because of Affleck's in it. Okay. I didn't find it terrible. Uh I think it is widely considered to be his worst film. Uh yeah. Widely, no, not, but it's it's his most poorly like poorly like producing film like it, it makes the least amount of money okay uh, and then uh i'm in san diego comic-con in 2006 and we end up going to a secret screening of clerks 2 with him in attendance okay um and that's it for me oh yeah that's the one like i'm done <laughs> I'm saying. I remember saying, and then, and and those are the guys that know that I, I used to be a big Smith guy. The guys that I was at, on that trip with, yeah. And they're still big Smith guys. Uh, and I struggle with it because I'm watching that movie. I'm like, there's nothing is happening. Is there, it because he puts a woman in it? Oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no. I I'm just, kidding. For, <laughs> for for the record, I just want to make that really clear. Yeah, I think, and I think Rosario's great in it. Uh, she's great in everything. She's great in everything, but uh, it it is more leaning into negative stereotypes for nerds and sure. and all this thing. And and if and at the end of the day, you're right. Like if there's a market for that, or and if I'd rather him, I'd rather him be comfortable writing what he knows, which is socially awkward nerds that can't that can't have social interactions, right? Rather than try to write a, write about a woman's uh, experience with rape. <laughs> oh, yeah, but like the number of people I can say that about is massive. Yeah, you know, like yeah. there is very few people <laughs> in the world yeah. that I would be comfortable. Sorry, let's put it this way: there's very few men in the world that I would be comfortable writing about a woman's experience yeah. with rape. Yeah, but uh, so I, I'd rather him keep doing his thing, and I know he's not writing those movies for me, and sure. it's taken. It's t- 2006, so it's taken 10 years for me to finally understand that, oh, it, it's never been for me. He, <laughs> he caught me He caught me at a young age that I didn't know any better, and I've stuck through with it, and I've, I've, it, it's taken a couple of movies, and it's finally dawned on me 
that this isn't it. But so if it's not for you, who is it for? I, I guess everybody else in that audience. I, I you know, it's, it's, to, and, and this is where pretension comes in, right? Like you don't want to talk about uh, who it's for or why it's not for you without, uh, and, and taking a slant at somebody else. But it's the same reason I don't watch Big Bang Theory, which we've talked about before. Sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All of it feels kind of like low hanging fruit and whatnot. And he continues to do it. Uh, you know, he comes out with comic book men. Yeah. And, uh, you know he has a he has a chance here to use his powers for good, <laughs> yeah. To put spotlight on comic book shops and how they operate and how difficult it is and how fun it still is. It could be a passion project, but the entire cast are assholes. Ah. Every single one of them are the stereotype, and uh, and it's tough because I was I owned a store at the time. Oh right, and I was an Asian guy, so yeah. all of a sudden I'm the Asian guy from Comic Book Bend, who is arguably. The worst of all of them, <laughs> you know. So he leans into that stuff. So, but I think there was a time in nerd culture where you were happy that you had it. Oh, sure, like happy to be represented at all. Yeah. Um, like, I guess when the alternative is not being represented, sure. Like, I get it. Um, but that had to have like by that point, we're talking like, you know, I don't know, twenty ten. Uh, 2008, 2009. Like, we've got Iron Man already. Yeah. We've had uh, a Blade movie, X-Men movies. We've had the original Spider-Man trilogy. Um, Nerd culture isn't in the shadows anymore. No. Like, this is well accepted. Yeah. I mean, Um, we're still at the beginning of that, right? Like, I mean, uh, Iron Man is is out in 2008, and uh, we're only getting glimpses of what the MCU could be, and it hasn't really reached uh, what the audiences are now. Right, so we're still like at the store at the time. You know, Watchmen comes out, and Watchmen doesn't move the needle at our store. Dark Knight comes out, doesn't really move the needle at our store because everybody's already done it. Right, Dark mm. Knight. We sold maybe a couple extra trades here and there, but everybody who wanted to go see Dark Knight was already going to see Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, they weren't necessarily going to start buying comics. They and they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> none of that stuff happened. Dark Knight didn't move the needle. Watchmen didn't move the needle. So, you know, comic book men got to showcase, you know, got to sit there and showcase what it would be like to do all those things. And I think they dropped the ball. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so what is your experience with what uh, I think is arguably Kevin Smith's best, best film, <laughs> Zack and Miri make a porno? <laughs> uh, I think the... Uh, <laughs> I talked earlier about Kevin Smith's movies being infinitely quotable as a younger guy, yeah. like as a younger kid. Uh, the only one I still quote is from Zack and Mary Make a Porno. Is it Craig Robinson? No. Oh, it's, uh, it's Huck It, Chuck It, Football. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only Kevin Smith line I still I still quote. And it's it's just that small snippet from, uh, I forgot the, guy, the guy's name. He's a, he's the boat guy from Mall Rats, too. He's the homeless guy who walks into the thing. And they're talking about football. But, uh, yeah, that's, I, I actually quite like that movie. I, it, again, uh, it is my favorite Kevin Smith. Though. Yeah. Um, and, and partially that's just because they have Craig Robinson <laughs> delivering the line, you want me to work on Black Friday? <laughs> 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 and I think that's very funny. I think the cast is great too, right? I'm a big fan of Rogan. I really like uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks. Banks. Uh, yeah, Robinson's obviously hilarious. Uh, yeah, the dude that I don't know the name of with the football sure. line. But uh, I think all of it's great. And I think it's a, it's a pretty decent movie. 
And then, and then it gives you a glimpse of maybe what he should be doing or what he the comfort zone could be. And I think that's my big thing with Zack and Mary is that, first of all, it doesn't strike me as a Kevin Smith film. Um, no. We don't have monologuing in the same way. Um, I think some of Kevin Smith's monologuing in his films is cheap. Uh, you know, some people really like it. I think it's in, in a lot of ways. Um, uh, it, like, I, I don't think it makes him a good writer. No. Um, but if it's his calling card. Oh, sure. Yeah. I get it. But. Um, but it, so it doesn't feel like a Kevin Smith film for those reasons. On top of that, I loved the fact that um, the movie it it, it shows a platonic um, uh, boy girl relationship at least for the first half yeah, of the yeah, film yeah. Um, that was quite good. Um, and and I I had never seen that you know um, at, like as a teenager basically sure. I was convinced that that men and women couldn't be friends. Um, that that yeah, uh, sex would always get in the way, whether you were literally having it with that person or just desire or yeah, 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 yeah. you know weird intricacies there. That is wrong. That is a, like <laughs> if you are a person that is listening to this, please skip the five years, ten years, or whatever that I believed that garbage. because <laughs> um, it's wrong. It's definitely wrong. Um, uh, and uh, unfortunately. You know, some of that stuff sort of leads or, or yeah, it, it it can force you to start to look at the opposite sex as uh, you don't look at them as people in the same way, yeah. you know. Um, anyway, that's a bit of a uh, so I, I was quite happy with that relationship and I, I was quite happy with the way that was shown on screen. Um, the fact that they spoiler, I guess end up together like it's a rom-com you should know that yeah, but yeah. you know the fact that they end up together kind of sours the fact that it was a good platonic yeah uh, relationship for the first half of the film um there is some kevin smith moments in terms of there's dick jokes of there's course. fart jokes you know um uh they they talk about sex in a very very casual manner yeah they're they're literally making a porn film yeah. so and even at the time, like casting a porn star felt kind of stunty. Uh, so you're just like, you kind of, I'm like, oh, he's just Kevin Smith doing Kevin Smith things. Yeah. You know, uh, but I wonder how much input Rogan has knowing how how good Rogan is in, in on a script or in direction with comedic timing, how much of that he took over as, the, as they were filming. Because you're right. It doesn't feel like a Kevin Smith movie. It yeah. feels like an Apatow movie. Yeah, just Far a little closer just, to an Apatow movie than a, yeah, but it's just a raunchier Apatow movie. Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it, and I I bet Rogan's influence or even Elizabeth Banks, Banks too, yeah, because her she's proven her chops a, a bit as a director and more behind the camera stuff. Yeah, so I know you're is, a big Charlie's Angels fan. Uh, oh, calm <laughs> down, you. I'm just saying she is talented. <laughs> So talented, man! This whole thing's derailed. <laughs> um, so, but you're saying by Clerks Two, you've fully fallen out of love. So, do yeah, you watch? Uh, like, obviously, you watch Zack and Mary because it's great. Yeah. But do you watch any other Kevin Smith films from this point on? Uh, I have watched. I I tried to watch most of Red State. 
So he's now he's oh no and I I got I had free passes to cop out. Okay, cop, so you yeah. watch cop out. <laughs> yeah, you oh, I, I mean, and that's bad. That's a bad movie. Uh, and then I and then I, I tried to watch Red State. I'm like, oh, he's trying to do something new. This is it. This is the Kevin yeah. Smith we've always wanted, and I just it's not a good movie either. I've heard. Uh, I've I've actually haven't seen Red State. I have heard that it is a bit of a turn for him. Like, yeah, that it is. Yeah, Red State and Tusk, and and it's one of those things where. And it felt like so much of the people who liked it were just like it's so different for him, mm. uh, without giving a, uh, without you know thinking about it. Just just a broad movie sense. Is it a good movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah, just because he's doing yeah. something different doesn't make yeah. it good. It's a really good movie for Kevin Smith. I'm like, okay, well the bar's like low, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you don't yeah, want to yeah. say it because again, I, I still enjoy. At that point, I still enjoy some of his movies, but sure. by the time we get to Red State Tusk, and uh, I've, I've never watched Yoga Hosers. Yeah, it's just not a thing. And then he just kind of drops off, like for me. He does uh, Jane the Jane Silent Bob reboot in twenty nineteen as well. I come like and I, I, you know, we we go through the pandemic and, and everybody has an existential crisis, uh, and that movie gets announced, and uh, I don't watch it. When, no, it's when it's announced. 2019. Yeah, yeah. So I don't watch it when it's uh, oh, when, when, when it's it comes out. Sorry, 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 sorry. So in the height of the pandemic, twenty twenty, I'm like, man. I'm doing a couple weird things right now in terms of like going back and vis- revisiting things I loved in my teens and yeah. all this stuff. I'm like, is it time? Do I do I go back and watch this Kevin Smith thing and see? Uh huh. And I do. And it's poop. <laughs> <laughs> I heard reviews that basically said that it leans into other Kevin Smith stuff. So if you like his stuff, you're gonna like this. Yep. And it's and it's it's tough too. You sit there and you watch it and you're like, oh, it's it's a it feels like it doesn't feel like a a movie that that's made 20 years later and it's a callback it literally it feels like a clip show oh okay the jokes are exactly the same like there's no like and again you have 20 years removed so you could take those characters that were insufferable and and were those stereotypes and you could flip them on their head a little bit and have them evolve after 20 years but he does not Mm. they are the same exact characters doing the same exact jokes and and if anything, it made me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> and most things don't do that, even if you come back to it. You know, like we've talked earlier in other episodes about, hey, did we need a fourth Matrix film 21 years after yeah. the fact? But that movie, even watching a trailer or whatever like that, never made me feel old. Uh, this made me feel like I was ancient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's yeah. really tough. And I think the I think that's what so much of this comes down to is that we have a creative that theoretically had potential, but then spends 25, nearly 30 years now not growing. Yeah. He's done exactly yeah. the same stuff. Um, like the most growth that he's gone through is when he had that heart attack in 2017, <laughs> 2018, yeah. and then lost a bunch of weight and has got healthier. And like, don't get me wrong. Props to you, man. Like, absolutely. That's okay. personal growth. He made some lifestyle changes. Yeah. Um, but that's it, man. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It doesn't seem to have impacted his his writing at all, his, his line of thinking. Like, I honestly, not that he necessarily treats women that weird in his movies, but, like, I think it's strange that he has a daughter and then there's he's still... The, the the dialogue with women is still the same, yeah. yeah I, I and it's stuff like and I don't know again if it's just a dude that doesn't know how to talk to women. And obviously he has some kind of a charm because his his wife is very attractive. Uh, he used to date Joey Lauren Adams. The, the reason they broke up was Chase and Gabby. Oh, okay. They broke up on the set of that, like or after, very shortly after that movie about because of uh, 
how their relationship changed during said movie. Oh, okay. Right? And, and so he has a daughter, and maybe that's changed his outlook on things. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think... I When I think of, men strong female characters, I don't exactly think Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so, what... Where where do you go from here? So is, is you still would look back though, and you still see that Kevin Smith had a significant impact on your, um, your love of movies. Like Kevin Smith was one of the inspirational forces. Yeah, I think so. I I I don't have a problem with that uh, idea at all. I probably talk the way I do because of Kevin Smith movies, like not the jokes or anything like that, but pacing and all that stuff. I oh, think. okay. You know, when I when I started doing when I started writing and whatnot, I was dialogue heavy. Dialogue was a thing, so I, you know, Kevin Smith was the dialogue guy. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, unfortunately for him, and maybe fortunately for me, obviously, it's just other guys come along and do it better. So you you know, Tarantino is a dialogue guy. And there's an evolution of that dialogue from Reservoir Dogs to Kill Bill all the way through to Inglourious Bastards. There's an evolution of growth of how he uses dialogue. And it's not just about quips. It's not yep. about, it's not this, which is my my biggest my biggest problem with a guy like Joss Whedon as well. Sure. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pace that he keeps with his dialogue. Yeah. It's a, it's, so as we go along and, and I realize that, Oh, Kevin Smith's the one thing I thought Kevin Smith Smith did better than everybody else is not at all better than everybody else. Right. I could watch an episode of Gilmore girls <laughs> and that dialogue is better it, because yeah. it is quippy, but there's, there's moments that it's not, and there's heartfelt moments and all that stuff that, that can carry it. Uh, so, you know, I, I look at clerks too and I'm like, Oh, it's just other people are doing it better. Yeah, and like I, I think think it's interesting because I think other people were doing it better when Kevin Smith was doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. like even Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, is, I was too young. I was too young to understand West Wing at that point. Fair enough. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess a few good men is not <laughs> like not that it goes over your head, but there yeah. is some. Could you imagine bring, bringing that into like show and tell and being like, yeah, this weekend I watched a few good men. Yeah. <laughs> Like, okay, riveting we, hold stuff. Up, hold up. Riveting stuff. You're you were doing show and tell at 14. There's a problem. We, uh, we had show and tell up until maybe 11 at least. What? Yeah, but it was more like uh, instead of like bringing a toy in or whatever like that. I was like, what did you do or what are the things? That you guys... um, okay. Maybe yeah. there's other problems. That gonna, uh, <laughs> you know, if we're gonna get into your, your yeah yeah development. Gonna, yeah, dig deep. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so. I, I, I guess one of my questions is, uh, you're not ashamed about that. No. No. No, I don't think so. It was such a big deal in my life at the sure. time. You know, again, like that guy, I like if I, if I, I, I still own every comic book he's ever written. Oh, okay. Mostly because he's never finished any of it. Like, so like <laughs> that, that, that Spider-Man Black Cat miniseries took years for him to finish. Six issues. Wow. Years. And then he wrote a Daredevil miniseries called Daredevil the Target, a uh, Bullseye the Target or Daredevil Target. Uh, and then one issue comes out, and he's that was two thousand and seven. It it's still not done. Oh wow, it's still not done. And it, <laughs> is it theoretically still being written? I don't. I can't, I can't imagine that anybody would care at this point because he's done so much damage. Uh, the comic book people have kind of turned on him too. Oh, okay, uh, like he wrote uh, a couple of Batman miniseries in the late two thousand, late two thousands, early twenty tens uh, about Batman, and he has. Uh, a sequence where Batman 
gets caught near an explosion. And the explosion startles him so much that Batman pees himself. Oh, okay. So Kevin Smith is now known as the guy who made Batman, the Batman, pee himself. Okay. <laughs> Zero goodwill. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting narrative decision. <laughs> yeah, and you know, he's tried to defend it and all that stuff. And it's just... Uh, so I, I don't... I own everything that man's done. Uh, comic book wise, I still own... Physical copies of Clerk, Small Rats, Chasing Amy, and Dogma, I think. Yep. Maybe Dogma. Uh, I don't... I'm not ashamed of it. Well, uh, and, and I don't want to imply that you should be. No, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just curious because it does seem like there's been such an about-face on on uh, opinions of him. I, I, I have a couple of Kevin Smith books. Um, I, I think that he is a... Um, uh, he, he definitely shows what can be done in the film industry. So yeah. in, in terms of inspiring you to go to film school, um, like I, he's a, a decent person to do it um, yeah. I, because he's just some random dude. You know? it, feels tangi- it feels doable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he's an everyman in a way that um, I, I don't think uh, David Fincher or Christopher Nolan or Steven Spielberg yeah. are. You know, um, Even if they are that or they came from those humble roots that's not the way they seem anymore no well kevin smith absolutely still does yeah um and some of that's him being self-deprecating some of that's him constantly being out there you know like he that guy has pushed his brand for you know 25 years uh way before social media was a thing and his brand was important um uh you know other modern directors don't do anything like that and like nowhere near no um uh, the only one that I can really think of that has a modern director that has pushed their own sort of brand is maybe Taika Waititi. Um, but even, even then, that's not to this extent. He doesn't go around college campuses and do these talks or oh, not at all. Doesn't have the podcast. Doesn't all that. Doesn't do any of that stuff. Oh, well, and it's really just that I guess that he he acts in things yeah. is really the the difference, yeah. and that's um a lot of the things he acts in. He seems very Taika Waititi. Like you can, there's a there's a look. And there's yeah. a, a swagger to him. There's a yeah. there's a brand. He's his own bit. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I you know the other one would be Ryan Reynolds. He's not that he's a director, but you know um, there is certain people that do push a brand in a very yeah. particular way. But yeah, Kevin Smith does that, and um, it, it, like he was definitely an innovator in 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 some ways. But it is interesting to look back at his his legacy because I don't know if it's really there. No, um, like if you took if you took my experience out of the whole thing, he is a very small blip, mm. a very very small blip in the grand scheme of the movie industry. Right, and it's really incredible to me. Like when you when we when we came up with the concept of what this was, I sat back and I'm like, man, that guy ruled my life for five years. Yeah, like absolutely ruled every little part of my life, uh, and he had such a massive presence. Everything he said. Uh, was the gospel everything he did was the best thing ever uh so it's 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 really kind of it was neat to go back and be like oh jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, but it's still again mostly with fond eyes really like, sure. at the end of the day yeah it, it's it's got to be tough taking someone that you respect and then recognize the fact that they they're it doesn't seem like they're ever going to grow up yeah um because again, I I think that he's someone that is is easy easy to enjoy when you're a teenager, um, or maybe not even easy to enjoy necessarily. Um, but I I get the appeal. Um, again, I look back at some of these films and I I I cringe at it because 
I can see myself in that at that time in my life. But I, I cringe because I've grown. Yeah. Um, and I cringe because, uh, man, it sucks to watch yourself or to watch, you know, uh, uh, someone a facsimile of me at that age being insufferable yeah <laughs> um and again the fact that it never seems to have grown from that changed from that is yeah, yeah. unfortunate um yeah i don't know if i have too much more to no, think, to add honestly that, that's all that's more kevin smith talk than i've had in since dogma in a while <laughs> yeah 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 and uh, actually you know what i do have one of the books I've read from him, there is a few points in there that have stuck with me. So okay. I, I, I want to make it very clear that it's not like he has nothing good to say. Um, yeah. I remember, I think it's, no, I literally can't remember the name of the book. Um, it's not his face. He's looking up, big ass forehead yeah, on yeah, there, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, whatever book that one is, um, he talks at the start about how his dad dies. And he said his dad talks about how great a person his dad was and he said my dad died streaming even the good people die streaming yeah um and that's something that's really stuck with me just like uh that it doesn't matter how your legacy in life um in some ways everyone ends up where they end up yeah um and and people have have said that before and people have probably said it better um but that doesn't mean that he can't add to that you know and so my point is is that he has he has good ideas, and there are some things there that are worthwhile. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is just he. I, I don't know if he takes criticism well. You know, like <laughs> he doesn't seem to move and go. Oh well, maybe I shouldn't have done it this year. Yeah. He just keeps doing the same, keeps repeating the same mistake. Yeah, and I think it's really important to to make a note that he truly does love things. Oh sure. You know, like uh, you know his his new big thing is is basically crying in every freaking marvel movie review that he's in or i think it may, any comic book movie he reviews on his youtube channel or his podcast he cries what yeah just like when we talk about things like cap picking up thor's hammer yeah he cries when they come through the portal he cries when the justice league get together he cries like and 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 it's genuine tears uh, so i can't ever say that he doesn't love the things that he talks about right whether he does that or executes it properly or not is a different debate, sure. But he absolutely loves the things that he he like that he truly that he loves. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the, the things he's known for. Yeah, yeah. And again, props to him. He's clearly made a brand. He's made it successful. Yeah, and if you like him, then that's cool too, man. Like that's not this. This wasn't a slight. Yeah, on, on him, and this wasn't a slight on anybody who still likes him. I still know a lot of people that like him. Yeah, is this this these are the this was my journey with Kevin Smith. <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll probably do this this once a month. So tune in next month for Brendan to dig into my uh, uh, life growing up, and yeah. you know yeah. I can be put on the the yeah. chopping block yeah. here, and we'll figure out uh, what your relationship with Elizabeth Banks is now. <laughs> <laughs> next time on Lobby <laughs> Concession. <laughs>